a brand new episode of Bottom Line Baseball. I'm Alex Hughes. With me, Jackson Ryan, as always. Happy Friday. And wow, what a week, Jackson. What a week in the baseball world. A lot of things happening. Uh, the Mets fire their hitting coaches. Uh, the Angels just DFA the future Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols. They're on a six-game losing streak. Uh, not a lot of things surprising, I would say, too much this week. But at the same time, some things are surprising. No, I would say the biggest surprise is Albert Pujols. He's only hitting 198, which I understand from the Angels' perspective. You got their GM, Perry Manassin, taking the bullet yesterday from the media for releasing Albert Pujols. But it's the best deal for them because they get Jared Walsh more at-bats. They're going to get Joe Adele more at-bats, who could be up from AAA. And they're going to get Brandon Marsh probably more at-bats once he comes off from injury. So, from the Angels' perspective, that's a really good move to get younger guys more at-bats. And, yes, it's a tough situation, but if I'm Albert Pujols, you just got to read the writing on the wall. And I think it'd be cool to see him in St. Louis with the Cardinals. From the Mm -hmm. Mets' perspective, um, they just got to play a little better. The NL East has been so crazy this year. It started off the season when we had Scherzer and DeGrom not being able to throw due to COVID with the Nationals. And it's kind of just taken off since then. And no team has really separated themselves. So, I'm not surprised. And with Francisco Lindor being 0 for 25 right now, the Mets, we got to start hitting to start winning more games. Yeah, Lindor breaking that streak yesterday. Finally got a hit, and that has to be a huge, huge weight off his shoulders there just to get going. And uh, his timing just looked off. But uh, back on the Angels for a quick second, Jackson, one person um, that I think really kind of pushed uh, Pujols out of the mix was Shohei Otani. He had his 10th home run on Thursday night. And look, Otani, I think Pujols was kind of banking on Otani because in years past, the last two seasons when Otani was with the Angels, he needed the day before he pitched, the day he pitched, and the day after he pitched out of the lineup. But this year, I think Otani has appeared in every single game at some point in time, which is just incredible to think about. Because especially, I mean, you know, Jackson, how difficult it is to pitch. And yet he he throws Wednesday night and the next night he's in the lineup and he hits a home run. I, I think this guy's stamina this season. If it can, if he can stay healthy and in the lineup every single night, basically throughout this entire season, the Angels are getting like three, four different guys in one guy. And, and I, as Matt, Matty V always says on the Angels broadcast, Shohei Otani is the unicorn of Major League Baseball, and he's outperforming all my expectations so far this year. No, Shohei Otani's been really, really good this year. He's hitting 273, had two hits last night against the Rays and two RBIs, and so he's doing really well for himself. I think the biggest thing for Shohei Otani is being healthy on the mound because that could be the number one or number two that the Angels are looking for. The Angels need more pitching if they're going to compete in this division. And they've been hitting a rough spot, getting swept by the Tampa Bay Rays. And they just need to pitch better. But for Shohei Otani, he's been doing really well this year. And I would agree with you that he might have pushed Albert Pujols out the door. Right. Um, Across the league, though, in New York, the Yankees, uh, Astros series. What a a crazy um, series that was. And if you're Jose Altuve, I think I would have rather – 
hoped I could celebrate my birthday somewhere other uh, than in New York and at Yankee Stadium. But what a birthday celebration he had yesterday. A three-run home run that put the Astros ahead of the Yankees to avoid a sweep in New York. What did you think of that series, Jackson? Uh, I'm not surprised by that series. Uh, I figured New York, they'd been playing really well the past couple days. So not surprised that they won that series. It really came down to Giancarlo Stanton. He really has been going off recently and really had a couple key hits and key RBIs in the first two games. And then from Jose Altuve, that's a great at bat. Off Chad Green, who had been tough on him in the past, and to get that three-run homer and to build confidence leading into the next series can only help as the Astros are playing the Toronto Blue Jays, which will be a homecoming for George Springer, even though he's on the IL again. Um, That's just the momentum that the Astros can need to continue to play good baseball. Hey, you mentioned George Springer and the IL. Um, A lot of players, I know we talked about it last night, a lot of players are getting hurt this year. Uh, Injuries close to 15 to 20% higher than they were in April 2019. And, yes, that is, um, I, I guess, a larger number just simply because there's more players, just one more, though, uh, on the rosters since there's now um, 26 guys on the roster instead of 25 as they were in uh, 2019. So I, I guess are you, how can teams um, just keep everyone on the field and healthy hopefully as the season goes along? I think it has to do with their strength and conditioning coaches. And obviously they have some of the best in the major leagues with all 30 clubs. But if they can find a way to keep their guys healthy, that's the best thing for them. I think the biggest challenge, though, is going from 60 back to 162 games. Um, When you're playing every day and not having any off days, it's very difficult on guys. And so – you know, right here we have the Express and we have 12 out of 13 days they're going to be playing games. And so when you have stretches like that, you're going to have to have guys stay healthy. And I think the biggest way is by getting the strength coaches to do the best that they can do to keep them healthy. But you're also going to have to use your 40 man. Like Trey Hillman brought up, I think last week or the week before, he talked about having a deep 40 man and how everybody on that 40 is going to be very important. And so We'll see guys this year that are going up and down between AAA and the big leagues that are going to help major league clubs win some ball games, and that could be the difference with everybody being around 500 so far. Is there one team, Jackson, that you've hit the panic button on yet? Uh, no, not really. Um, because everybody's kind of been not separating themselves a whole lot from each other. Um, Detroit obviously is in a rebuild situation, so there's no panic button there as they're nine and twenty-three. But other than that, I wouldn't say anybody because New York took out that we worried about them at the beginning of the year, but they've hit their stride and have continued to win series. And everybody else seems to be doing all right. I'm the biggest surprise though, if you're asking me, would be Seattle. They're only one and a half back, seventeen and fifteen. So I, I don't have anybody yet that has the panic button. What about the Twins? The Twins? Eh, maybe. It's just because I'm kind of surprised by the Central. You got Cleveland in first place at 17 and 13, and I figured it would be Chicago's uh, division. But the Twins in the postseason have just never gotten it done. They've never had the pitching to be able to get it done. And 
you know, they just lost three or four to Texas, which you, you need to win those games against a rebuilding Texas Rangers team. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Twins are in a spot where if they're not doing well at the All-Star break. You could see Nelson Cruz get traded. You could see some of their other guys go if they mm-hmm. want to head in that direction. Mm-hmm. The Royals also in the Central. They are on a five-game losing streak right now, and uh, they were leading the division, but they got swept by the Indians. So now the Indians are in first place. A little surprising there. Um, I, I think a lot of people weren't expecting the Indians to be this good, but they're a hot team right now, eight and two in the last ten games, and they took advantage of a slumping Kansas City. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for Kansas City. Uh, that Whit Merrifield said after the game uh, to reporters, he said, Jackson, I don't know if you saw this or not. He said, what, did you think it was going to be peaches and roses? He said, this is what tests teams. And we knew that this was going to come at some point in time in the season. And it's going to be right now. So um, a, a big test for Kansas City comes this weekend. They have a series with the White Sox as they come to Kansas City now. Um, what's the biggest thing that needs to happen in Kansas City this weekend? Pitching, starting pitching to me. Um, they need Brad Keller, who's throwing the night against Carlos Rodon, to throw well. Rodon's been super good this year, obviously had a no-hitter already. And so if they could get Brad Keller to go four, five, six innings and give up two or less, and they'd be doing something really well. But they got to get their guys throwing the, throwing the baseball better because they've had the offense, Andrew Benatendi, Carlos Santana has been a great pickup. Both of those guys have done really well so far. And, you know, you're going to have spurts where you lose five or six in a row, and then you're going to have spurts where you win five or six in a row. But it's about stopping the bleeding and making sure you continue to win series. Because at the end of the day, if they were to get swept by the White Sox, they'd be in big trouble. Big trouble for sure. You go from the best record in baseball and first place, and then you lose – not only lose, but, you know, get swept by the Indians. So you lose that series. And this is a big one, right, where the White Sox, everyone always talks about. They're the team to beat in the Central. And now they're here right now. And the White Sox aren't exactly lighting the world on fire, right? Tony La Russa um, had some controversy earlier this week. I think the biggest thing, Jackson, for that, because he didn't know he could um, – it's a grandfathered rule – that you could pinch run for the pitcher when you start a runner on second base and extra innings. But David Bell came out after the game, the uh, I believe the manager for the Reds, where he said that they went over the rule in spring training. So I don't understand that David Bell had to feel the need to put uh, more on the, on the thing, right, to make Tony look even worse. I just don't understand that. Um, but the funny thing is Buck Showalter on MLB Network said yesterday on that Jackson, he goes, I hope David Bell never makes a mistake. <laughs> Isn't that so great? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, you're going to make mistakes in the game of baseball. We're all human. You know, the best hitters in the game only get three hits out of ten, and they're considered Hall of Famers. But going back real quick to this White Sox rotation, they've got Rodon and Lynn set up for the first two games against the Royals. So the Royals need Lynch, who threw pretty well his first outing, to throw well in game two because they could be in an 0-2 hole real quick. Are you a fan of Tony La Russa as the White Sox manager? 
I'm, I can't really judge him to judge him at all, really, right now. I mean, they're three games over 500. Once we get to June, July, August, get into the dog days of baseball in the summer, then I'll get a better grasp on what's going on. But he's obviously a Hall of Famer. He's won multiple championships. You know, the last time he managed was with the Cardinals in 2011. They won the World Series. They didn't have a good year that year at the beginning, and they were fighting to get in the playoffs, just like what Lance Berkman told us two weeks ago. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's about playing baseball and getting hot at the right time. And if they were to get hot at the end of the year, then you never know what can happen. Do you think that the um, White Sox and Tony La Russa – um, I think they made the right decision by bringing Tony in, um, especially right now. Um, do you think though that he's the guy? Is he going to be there long term, or is he just there this season? Do you think? I think he'll be there a couple seasons, maybe two or three, and then transition over. But really, it depends on how well he does at the end of the day. Because if he wins and he wants to stay, then he'll stay, and if he he doesn't win, then he'll probably be let go. But also, you got to realize that, you know, Tony La Russa, if he wants to leave, even after a winning season and is done managing, then he'll be done. So I really don't have an answer, but I think it was a good hire because you go from Rick Renneria to Tony La Russa, and you needed that transition into more of a, I'm not going to say a winning mentality, but more of a veteran presence, somebody that had been through all the wars and the battles. And so at the end of the day, I feel like the White Sox were doing just fine. Who do you think is the best manager in the game right now? Ooh, I don't really know. I mean, I'm, this may sound like I'm being a homer, but I really like AJ and what he's done in the past. Um, obviously we had this the cheating scandal, but just overall game management, but I don't really know who's the best manager in the game of baseball right now. Um, to be honest with you, because most of these guys are, have been there and done it. Joe Girardi's a great manager. He had been it. I feel like catchers make the best managers at the end of the day because they know how to manage the game and they've been able to be around the game a lot, but from yeah. behind the plate. What have, have you liked Aaron Boone? I feel like Aaron Boone's been fine. The Yankees just haven't gotten over the hump of, getting to the World Series. They've always been the ALCS, whether it was 17 or 19, 18. They ran into a, a hot Red Sox team. And last year they ran into Tampa Bay, who Mike Brusso hit that home run off Chapman, and that was the difference in that series. But last year's kind of a wash, to be honest with you, with only having 60 games and not playing any home playoff games. But I, they just got to get over the hump, and they've always need a number one, and they have that in Garrett Cole. And by the way, Corey Kluber's throwing the ball a lot better as well. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be up to the Yankee fans. Don't have to worry about Garrett Cole. They have to worry about Kluber, Tyone, and the back end of the rotation in the bullpen. Uh, they get Zach Britton back though, so that's the best thing going for the Yankees right now. That that's the thing, right? The Brewers just got that, even though they're on a five game skid. Last time I looked, but other than that, um, yeah. Milwaukee on a five-game losing streak. They just got back Yelich and, and Lorenzo Cain. So I guess the Yankees have that to look forward to, right? Get the guys back healthy. Man, that's the thing, too. Like, that Angels team. I know we're going back to the Angels here, but that's the thing, right? Where it's like the first two weeks of the season, the Angels were hot. Well, that's because 
They had Rondon. They had Trout. They had Otani all in the lineup, healthy, and hitting the ball. And then they their relievers could just get in and get out, and they were dominant. They kept the lead. And that's just not happening right now. They just got to get healthy, and teams have to get healthy. George Springer with the Blue Jays. You come off the IL and you play for four days, and now you're back on the IL. So uh, these guys just have to stay healthy. Um, and it's just injuries are high right now. I don't understand it. Well, at the end of the day, injuries are high too. But also from we go back to the Angels, but they've got a pitch. You know, and having Anthony Rendon, not on the roster right now does not help because that's obviously a really, really good third baseman. So at the end of the day, though, all these teams are around, you know, like I've said multiple times today, around 500. But, you know, if they can just stay right there, tread water when they don't have their guys and then get their guys back and take off from there, then people should be good. One note about the Dodgers. The worst news of the week about Dustin May has – he went down with Tommy John, and he'll be out most likely until 2023. Man, I was just such a great talent in the game of baseball, and he will certainly be missed in the game until 2023. Yeah, Dustin May has great stuff. You know, really, on that roster, you know, he's more of like a – on any other roster, he'd be like a two. So, at the end of the day, that's a tough break for the Dodgers, and they have not been playing well so far. Going two and eight in their last ten games, losing three in a row, and being a ha- one and a half back. If, you know that division. You got San Francisco leading. Who would have ever thought Gabe Kapler and his group of guys are in, in first place when we're in in the May? Incredible stuff in the West. You got the Giants, Padres, Dodgers, and even the Diamondbacks hanging around. They're on a three-game losing streak. A lot of losing streaks in baseball right now. No, yeah, it is. And kind of talking about the NL West, this is a chance for San Diego to take off and separate themselves from the Dodgers with Dustin May out. When they play each other, obviously, we've had two wonderful series, one in San Diego and one in L.A. But this is a chance for the Padres to really take that next step and to lead this division coming up in the next couple of days. Hey, what about John Means? What an incredible, incredible performance. A perfect no-hitter as some people are calling it. Um, what are your thoughts on John Means? I mean, that's awesome to have somebody throw a no-hitter in Seattle. I mean, anywhere. Throw a no-hitter is so hard to do. And from a Baltimore Orioles perspective, they've done better than I thought they would do so far this year. Yes, they're in last place, but they're only one game back of 500. So that's a great performance by John Means, and that's something he can build on. Whenever you throw a no-hitter, it's a chance to – build on and get better for your next outing which I mean you can't get better than throwing a no hitter but build on your success and to get your pitches where you want them to be at do you think the drop third strike should stay in the game or no uh drop third strike I feel like he needs to throw it the first to get the guy out um but that's just me because that's how the game of baseball has been uh in the past okay it was a conversation uh, a lot after the game because if it didn't happen, John Means would have had a perfect game. So that's where it comes into effect where people were wondering, okay, um, why is this – you got the strikeout, so why do you have to throw it on the first? But the other argument is the catcher has to catch the ball. So, yeah, that's that's the argument. So 
you're saying that you like to drop third strike? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it because at the end of the day, the catch if the catcher can, you know, if you're going to throw a pitch in the dirt, you expect your catcher to block it. And you know, Salvador Perez does a great job of blocking, and there's a couple others who have done really well at what they do. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay, all right. Um, any other thing that you wanted to know uh, on this episode of Bottom Line Baseball? Yeah, going back to managers, one of the best managers I mentioned is Kevin Cash. He's done a heck of a job with Tampa Bay. Mm. Um, they're in second place at the at eighteen and fifteen, but last year going to the World Series in a way that, yes, he had the Blake Snell taking him out too early, but he's done a heck of a job over his career with Tampa Bay. Former catcher with the Express as well. Is he really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep, he oh, was wow, there. Awesome. Yeah, so great guy. Yeah. Um, one guy I'm actually really surprised about and is Mike Matheny. Um, in his second year with Kansas City, a longtime manager, but he showed some excitement we haven't really seen a lot of uh, with Angel Hernandez, uh, famed umpire. Um, a few nights ago in Kansas City, had some interesting calls behind home plate. And I'll just end it. Terry Francona, another one, beloved in the game of baseball. Um, but Terry Francona asked or, or said to Angel Hernandez after that game, it just always seems like, Angel, all this weird stuff happens whenever you're here. So uh, I think teams already have a gut feeling um, about a game when they hear Angel Hernandez is on the umpire staff. But what a series um, with the Indians and Royals and throughout the league. Um, but that will do it for today's episode of Bottom Line Baseball. Next week, we have a big week. Jeff Passan, ESPN Insider, will be on Tuesday's episode. So you can't miss that. Uh, we'll talk to Jeff about everything that's happening in the league, maybe even talk about the pool hosting and what else the Angels have up their sleeves going forward this season as they're still trying to fight back in that AL West division. But for Jackson, I'm Alex Fuse. Have a great rest of your Friday and weekend, and we will see you next week.